Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Employer brand isn't something you sprinkle on your recruiting like magic fairy pixie dust to kind of make it better. It is both a craft and a calling. If that's the kind of work you want to do with your employer brand, come join me, James Ellis, at the Talent Cast. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. <laughs> you know it, kids. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about... New glass door. Who dis? Bullhorn survey says, show me the motherfucking money. Canada is kicking the U.S.'s ass, and we're not talking about hockey here, kids. And Chipotle has kids rolling burritos for entirely too long. All after a word from Canvas. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video, or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser-focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io, and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. All right, kids. We have a surprise for you today. Back by... A demand. I think like three people said they wanted to have Tim Sackett back on the show. So guess what, people? Tim Sackett. Yes. Everybody wants a little bit more of Tim. That's the name of my autobiography coming out in late uh, 2020. A little bit more of Tim. A little bit more of Sackadamus. <laughs> Joel, just let me throw this out there real quick. He'll be back soon. Don't worry. But if you haven't listened to the 2020 prediction show, listen to it. Myself, Joel, and Tim, we we predict the future, and and we're really fucking bad at it. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think one of mine almost came true. I don't know. We'll make them true. Jason Roberts, who <laughs> used to be the, the the tech dude over at Ronstadt SourceRite, which I mean, that's pretty much where all their technology, their big stack stuff comes out of the RPO yeah. anyway. He said that we actually got right. Google would outpace Indeed. Mm-hmm. That was a roll up. I mean, it was a roll up of Google Organic and Google for Jobs. So we'll take that one as what I would like to call... <laughs> A win. Thank you very much. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Early on. <laughs> Let's go ahead. We're going to jump into some shout outs. While I'm going through these, I'm going to try to rip through them real quick. You think of some people that you would like to give some shout outs to. First shout out. And again, all these people either doing one or two things. They're, they're engaging with us on social media, uh, behind the scenes and like LinkedIn Messenger, connecting with us, whatever it is. But Stacy Dunn-Emke loves the show. She owns a couple of job boards, nutrition jobs and exercise jobs. Have you ever been to a job board that is like that niche? Have I? Yeah. Just searching midget porn. No, I, don't, <laughs> okay. I haven't. Makes sense. I haven't. Yeah, no. Uh, I would assume that would make, especially when it comes to SEO and trying to get maybe personal trainers and, sh- and managers of these facilities, that would be great. I don't know. Stacey, you're yeah. going to have to let us know what the, SEO. what the scope is. Julianne Knapp, recruitment tech manager and loyal listener over at Nielsen. So uh, I, I don't want to know what our ratings is. So just kind of keep that to yourself, Julianne. <laughs> Gregory Raymond from Job Rapido over in Milan. Remember what? Do you remember when Job Rapido first came out? I don't. It's like the Indeed for everything else because Indeed was very U.S. centric. <laughs> so this is yeah. This was this was a long time ago, and I was the VP of, over at Direct Employers. And every company would come to us for uh, corporate content because we pretty much indexed the entire web when it came to just cor- corporate content, worked with applicant tracking systems. And Job Rapido came and it was one of the bigger names outside of the U.S. for so long. And we had so much traffic from those guys. He's actually listening in uh, from Milan, Italy. He's a new listener catching up on the pod. Binge, baby, binge. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Paul Drake, head of business development over at Talent Funnel in Oxford in the UK. He's a big fan of the show. Definitely our drunken wreck fest bit. And I think I look back on it and it's one of those things where I constantly nitpick all the shit that we do. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if there's a better way to close. You were at wreck fest. I don't know if there's a better way to close wreck fest. What, What do you think? No, I try to tell people like, if you're going to hit one conference in the entire year, <laughs> you have to oh, go yeah. to London in recruiting, oh, yeah. you ha- in town yeah. acquisition, you have to go over to London, you have to check out Wreckfest. Um, holy crap, it is a party. It's fun. At the yeah. same time, like it's it's still great content. There's great content throughout the entire day, but just it's unlike anything I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because Jamie came and he's like, okay, we have this this slot at the end of the day. I'm like, Jamie, yeah. you open the bars at noon. Everybody's going to be drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's right on brand for us, which means we want whiskey on the stage. To, and, and we talked about t-shirts. They actually printed yeah. 50 Wreckfest People were losing their minds for those it, shirts. It was fucking ridiculous and fun at the same time. But Paul Drake yeah. over at Talent Funnel, obviously he had a great drunken time himself. Uh, Mitchell Davis over in Germany, 
He does recruitment for autonomous, intelligent driving. Yeah. Dude is in recruiting, number one, but for autonomous, intelligent driving. Connect with me, buddy, because I got some I got some needs right now with some auto uh, U.S. automakers trying to find some of those autonomous engineers. No shit. Shout out. This actually goes with the request shout out to Tim Sackett uh, for yes. giving my wife the shirt off his back. So <laughs> Tim comes on stage. <laughs> And I think he's really just pandering to the crowd. I mean, this is it's it's fairly simple. Everybody fucking hates Trump. He has a fuck Trump shirt on. My wife goes crazy. They literally were almost ripping it off me. My wife goes crazy, and, and not in a way that they were upset, but like people wanted it. They kept asking me, like, "Can I have your shirt? Can I have yes. your shirt?" I've never had so many yes. people at once ask me for my shirt. Shout out to Jim Stroud. You know this cat, right? Yeah, yeah, really well. So he launched a new series a podcast series called the retro lounge and it is fucking awesome and and let me tell you it's retro because the newest episode is a throwback from when they he was doing a podcast in 2008 this one's (laughs) called sex at the office is it a wonderful thing uh so if you're not subscribed to jim stroud podcast do yourself in favor and do it Uh, it's he's got great new stuff uh, it's almost like a, a Black Mirror kind of recruiting episode <laughs> of technology. But then he does this retro lounge shit that is so fucking spot on. It's it's awesome. Jim is a quirky, wonderful person. Like he just he's so smart and gives so much to the community, especially in he recruiting. Does. Like the dude is awesome. It's just it's amazing. And in, in giving back to community. Uh, I want to talk about this symphony talent thing, this exhibit that they did on the West Coast. Now, you heard about it. You didn't see it. I didn't actually see it. I haven't seen it, yeah. But I saw, okay, so the exhibit is where you can go through the hiring process in the shoes of a candidate. It's an exhibit. And the candidate experience starts with a step, but it's what follows that matters. Gina Alioto, I think is what you say, the VP of marketing at 78 Talent was uh, the go-to person on this one. Uh, When I first saw the exhibit, well, I saw it on paper and I immediately thought, oh shit, this could be fucking awesome, but more than likely it is going to fall flat on its fucking face because trying to get like an, a real world experience into like an exhibit, like a walkthrough exhibit. I tell you the one piece of it though, that I think is really going to hit home with people is when they fall into that 50 foot hole, (laughs) the black hole and hit the bottom. I think they'll realize at that point it becomes real. Dude, I saw a quick video and also some some responses back and forth from from actual attendees, and they were blown away. And I actually got a quote from Gina. She said, everyone really appreciates how we took something that was a buzzword, overwhelming and intimidating, and transformed it into something that was approachable and a fun experience. And and I agree. I think this is a, this is a big win or a big lose type of scenario. And I think from Symphony Talent standpoint, mm-hmm. them doing something that nobody else is doing right now in an interactive kind of, this is why the process is fucked up or why it's great. This is exactly what we need in this industry. So when it comes to uh, Symphony Talent and spending a shit ton of cash <laughs> creating... That that exhibit for an event. I'm I'm hoping to see at some other events. 
Chad, you got to spend money to make money. It's what I hear. It's what I hear. It's, it's all we do here at the Chad and Cheese Podcast: spend money and take naps. So that's it for shout outs. Do you have any any anybody you want to shout out to? Um, actually, uh, Jim McCoy. He's a chief revenue officer over at Scout Exchange. Nice. Go Scout Go yeah. um, in Boston. Um, he, I'm, I'm actually meeting with them on uh, next week and they, um, they, he was, we, we were talking on a phone call and he was like, I heard, I heard the show. I heard the Sakadama <laughs> show. That was awesome. So, I mean, it just, it just shows the reach of, of what you guys are doing. Go Scout, go big, uh, big listeners of the Chad and Cheese podcast <laughs> events. So first and foremost, we're going to be in Banff at the gathering. This is happening again. I hate you guys. I want. I wanted to go. I said that. Yeah, last year I said you guys went, and I wanted. To, I wanted to go. No one even reached out to. Dude, this is in a castle at the base of the Canadian Rocky Mountains in February, which means they're going to be snow covered. There's no question. Rated by Forbes two years in a row as a must attend business summit. I I am blown away. First and foremost, by the event uh, when we went last year, and I'm really excited to be able to go back and to be on stage. Yes. So we're really excited to be, uh, to, to start kind of like that series of conversations. We'll be doing it in Banff. We'll be doing it at Transform in Boston and in a couple of other uh, events this year. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Lynn Bailey is one of uh, Intel is one of my favorite people in the world. She is just genuine as can be and just awesome and just digs the space. And if you haven't gotten your tickets, and you're in employer brand or recruitment marketing, or you're with one of these recruitment ad agencies and you're not going, okay, go to your browser right now, coltgathering.com, buy a fucking ticket. If you miss this, that's on you. Next, Unleash and TA Tech are putting together their brands to have what they're calling a mega conference in London in March. Do you go out to TA Tech at all? Are you a part of those at all? I, I have attended in the past. I haven't recently. Back in the day, uh, used to be the pretty much the job, job board. board. Yeah, the job board <laughs> conference. That's what it was. The IA, yeah, yeah. the International Association of Employment Websites, worst acronym ever. Mm-hmm. Switched over to TA Tech because they saw that obviously this was transforming into much more than a job board industry. So I think there are probably more chatbot companies at TA Tech than there are job board companies today. So you're seeing the tech change, uh, more matching companies, those types of things. So those, it's it's a pretty awesome event, not to mention you couple it with Unleash, which I love. Uh, we'll be out there in March. Uh, if you want to check it out, go to tatech.org and unleashgroup.io. Nice. Where are you going? Uh, I'm in. I'm going to Sherm Talent. I'll be speaking there. Um, I try to. People always ask me like, "What's your favorite conferences?" I've, of yeah. course, I love like you know the HR Tech Conference because it's just a conglomerate of everybody in the industry there at one time in Vegas, and you know, so that's an yeah. awesome. Uh, I like Sherm Talent because it's actually corporate talent acquisition people. Like I, you know, like I think my room last year was like 850 people, and 99 percent <laughs> of the people it was a packed room had a corporate talent acquisition title. And it's people from enterprise yeah. down to SMB, um, people that are in the weeds, like literally you can feel the pain in the room that they're, if they're trying to figure out stuff. So those are my people. I love, I love talking shop with all of them. Um, and then I'm also hitting 
um, hiring success, um, the Smart Recruiters Conference, which oh, is yeah. again a San who's, Francisco, right? Yeah, a who's who of um, of like TA thought leaders and people that'll be out there. So I really like that. Um, and then they just, I mean, and their tech is really good. So I, I enjoy. And their CEO Jerome is one of the sharper dudes to be around and talk shop with. So he's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Julie's going to be out there in San Francisco. I might pop my head in. I don't know. Staying in the hotel and getting your nails done, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a possibility. Now, I mean, I I might come. I'm just not going to come uh, as a as a podcaster. I'm taking yeah. a break until Banff. Nice. Okay, dude. So uh, it's time for topics. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, give me a second. I can do this. There we go. Okay, so. The first topic you weren't really that interested in because you feel like it's happening all over the fucking place. People are just now getting caught for it. But Chipotle is fined $1.4 million in vast child labor case cited by, this is in the article in New York Times, quote, Massachusetts said Chipotle lets teenagers work too many hours per week and too late on school nights. The chain settled without admitting to... Uh, the estimated 13,000 violations. I reached out <laughs> I reached out to Chipotle because we just had these guys on the fucking show, like less, yeah. like two weeks ago or something. You guys are like the SI curse, you know? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so I reached out and generally we don't get responses from companies. When this kind of shit happens, you don't get a response. Unless they kick you to PR and the PR gives you a response. But, but Joe- They have to give you guys a response or Joel just makes shit up. Well, yeah. <laughs> But Joe Albano, who was on the show, manager of national field recruiting at Chipotle, sent this statement. We take our people culture seriously. We're committed to ensuring that our restaurants are in full compliance with all the laws and regulations. We have diligently worked over the past year with the Massachusetts leaders to ensure our systems are updated to support our growth and that we are in compliance with minor employment and wage and hour laws as part of the settlement for violations dating back to 2015. We have agreed to donate half a million dollars for the education and enforcement oversight related to child labor laws for training and skills development of young workers and to assist Massachusetts youth. We are committed This is to the, give me a second, we are committed to the welfare of all of our employees and are proud of our industry-leading benefits, which they do have. Chipotle's industry-leading benefits for all team members, including debt-free degrees, tuition reimbursement up to $5,250 per year, access to mental health care, financial planning tools, and the opportunity for quarterly bonuses, including crew members up to months worth in pay per year, and pay sick lead etc. So that's a long first off it's like yeah we're sorry <laughs> we're this shit's fixed it was back to 2015 we have a new CEO we're fixing shit but you got to remember we do all this really good stuff. This entire concept is bullshit and not Chipotle. Chipotle's trying to do the right yeah. thing and they're fixing their stuff good good for them. Uh-huh. But this is happening everywhere yes. at every yes. level. And it's a victimless crime for the most part. Here's what was really being said was you're forcing these kids to work. 
No, the vast majority actually want the hours, want to work because they want the cash. They got to pay for their cell phone. They got, they want the new gear. They want the new Yeezys. They got to pay for college, dude. They got to pay for college. Like, you know, like I have a, a niece who's 17 working at Starbucks. Guaranteed she's working more hours than she should because I've, because I talked to her parents and they constantly are freaking out, you know, about her getting her studies done and her working too late on yeah. a weeknight, blah, blah, blah. And then I see her hours and I know the basic, you know, kind of right. labor laws and go for sure they're breaking it. But I also ran HR for Applebee's and we constantly were breaking them because it is not like we, we, you know about it, but you don't know. It's like, like, don't tell, don't see, don't whatever. You don't have the workforce to be able to fill. Yeah. And the 1.5 million that yeah. Chipotle paid was way less than the overtime they would have had to pay to actually not break the law. And so it's like, they're like, okay, whatever. And over, you know. over $2 million. Okay. And we'll talk about the semantics here in a minute, but yeah. in Q3 of last year, they made 1.4 billion. Okay. So that's how you put it into it. And in a quarter, 1.4 billion and over since 2015, 1.4 million. Point oh, so yeah. here's, here's the thing. This, this feels like a really interesting kind of a, a, a way for Massachusetts because they also hit Qdoba for like a half million dollars before this, mm -hmm. but Massachusetts has found its way to start raking in cash. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they can see that there's no way that these organizations can do the job, can actually stay open because they don't have the workforce to be able to get it done, right? Um, and, yeah. and let's talk about the yeah. kids here. I have a 16, 18, and 20-year-old kid, okay? 18 just turned, she just turned 18, so she still feels 17 to me. Shit, she still feels yeah. 13 to me. Anyway, two out of the three are preparing their bank accounts for college. One wants to join the Air Force, so she she she's out. She's a smart one, yeah. Yeah. A anyway, do you know what college costs today? These kids aren't making Nikes and Apple phones for $2 an hour in a sweatshop in fucking China. They're rolling fucking burritos, right? Plus, yeah. let's talk about the economy. I mean, how many of these kids are also helping out with the bills at home? Mom's already paying. Yeah. She's already doing two to three jobs with the fucking side hustle. So overall, this is not. And again, I, Chipotle was on the show. I'm not defending Chipotle. I'm, I'm defending all of the organizations that are out there and saying, look, this is a symptom of a much larger fucking problem. This is a math problem. This is a, yeah, this is a government generation, revenue generation issue. This is just a way for the government. The government went after Chipotle because they knew Chipotle would pay. Guess what? Who they're not going after? The mom and pop diner down the street that's actually breaking the exact same law because they know they'll sue them. They'll go out of business and they won't pay. And so it's just, it's it's all contrived. Like, I just think it's the, the worst thing in the world. We should be focusing on other things than going after fake child labor issues. If I'm a parent and my kid is working too many hours and they're not getting their schoolwork done, guess what? They stop working the fucking hours. And if I have to call a store manager, guess yep. what? I'll walk in the fucking store. So overall, yeah. let's just go ahead. And I'm not saying this is all on the parents. This is a shared responsibility that's happening here. But overall, shared, sure. do yeah. the fucking math. If there are all these low paying jobs that are opening and that's one of that's what's bolstering this. I shouldn't say bolstering the economy. But when we see all the jobs that are being created, there are these types of jobs. They're not the they're not the middle wage mm -hmm. earner or high wage earner type of jobs. They're these types of fucking jobs. 
if our economy is doing nothing but building these types of jobs, who the fuck is going to fill them? Not to mention, we'll talk immigration later. Maybe we should lower the age of working. Maybe instead of 16, you should be able to work at a like a McDonald's at 14. Like again, I get really pissed off if I have to wait 15 minutes at Tropical <laughs> Smoothie for my mango morning sunshine. I would rather a 14-year-old learn how to use a blender and make my goddamn smoothie. Hell, I went uh, to Austin a couple of times this year, and every time I stop, there's a coffee machine right there. It's a robotic coffee machine. Makes wonderful coffee. Boom. Got it. I don't have to wait in the Starbucks line. There's a little man bun on top of the, <laughs> the vending machine. Like, it's awesome. You'll love it. It's awesome. Okay, let's move on. We've got uh, the new Bullhorn Survey. It's the 2020 Global Recruitment Insights and Data. It sounds really formal. Yeah. Did you get a chance to look this over? Did you see anything that really kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, no, I did. I mean, I one is... Like they have a, a huge, um, you know, obviously data set with everyone that's using Bullhorn. They're obviously have a yeah. really big footprint. You know, again, it's the recessionary stuff of guess what? You know, recruiters are coming to like their clients and going, you got to pay more money. Like if you want to yeah. get people, turns out wages. Chad, I can tell you at least two to three times a week, we'll have somebody contact and say, Tim, gosh, we want to work with you. Oh my gosh, you know, you guys are a great company recruiting. Ugh. And then they'll go, here, we want you to find a Java developer for 13 cents an hour, whatever. Like they're so far <laughs> under market that I yes. have to go to them and say, you know what? It's, I thank you, but we're, we're, not gonna do, we're not gonna do this search. And they, they're literally taken aback. They're yeah. like, whoa. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, how could you not how could you not want this? We're trying to give you money. I'm like, no, you're trying to give me work that I'll never be able to find. I like I'm like, how long have you been looking? A year? So uh -huh. you couldn't find it for a year, but yeah. somehow magically I'm gonna find it because you're paying so far under market. And then but here's the real issue. They're trying to find somebody on the outside market and they're like, mm -hmm. well, we can't pay 150 grand a year because the five people in that job internally are only making 110. And if we pay somebody else 150, then we have to raise them up. Yeah. Turns yeah. out that's how, comp that's how compensation works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and what Tim's referring to here is 77% of global recruitment firms say that employers, their clients must accelerate worker pay increases in order to compete for qualified candidates in 2020. Not, not only are they going to have to do that, but also exactly what you're saying, that person that's getting paid 110 more than likely is going to get pulled out of that company by somebody else who's going to pay them 125, 140. Right. So mm -hmm. the thing is, as we as corporations, let's say overall, we are making record high profits. Where the fuck are you putting that money? You need to put it back in your fucking people, not just to keep them. Yes, that helps. Right. Not just to yep. attract them. Yes, that helps. But it also ensures that you don't have all this non-fairness that's happening within the organization. Right. Um, where people feel mm -hmm. like, well, fuck, so-and-so I know is getting paid this, that, and the other thing. We need to be more transparent and give those people money so that they can spend it in the fucking economy. Yeah. Pay quality, pay equity. We know, I mean, it's been an issue forever and it continues to be an issue in part. And mainly, I think it's because of that, right? It's because companies are desperate for talent. So they're going out there, they're making some awful decisions in terms of saying, oh, I'm going to pay somebody coming in what I have yeah. to pay to get them. 
and that they're not making the adjustments on the back end, which just causes more inequality and equity issues you know, in the organization. Short-term decision for a long-term problem. You're, you're, yeah. And that's what we're we're so good at humans doing. And in talent acquisition and HR, when a company says, well, you know, we don't have the money to be able to provide for, you know, a $150,000 developer. Okay, so how much does it cost for that seat to be open? If you're in talent acquisition and you don't know what that number is, you have to know and it's actually costing the organization because you can go back because these are business numbers, people. This impacts the bottom line. This engineer, I have five engineering positions open. It costs X per day. Extrapolate that out over whatever the general hiring time is and then demonstrate that. Show it. Be able to try to focus on bringing that time down, not to mention also retaining individuals in your organization so you don't have to do this fucking loop-de-loop shit. I got to tell you, I'm just so energized right now by two middle-aged white guys talking about pay equity. Like, it just is amazing. I'm just like, wow, this is 2020, motherfuckers. I've got, I have two <laughs> girls, right? And, and they are white females, so they're getting paid, I think, on the pay scale closer to white men than, than the rest, right? But overall, this is bullshit. The reason why we don't have equity is because of lack of transparency. Yeah, I do think it's difficult. Um, I will say this. It's difficult. Yeah, but you can fucking do it. Well, no, because I think the difficulty is, is understanding the most people have. I mean, you, I think intelligent people understand there's going to be a difference between what a CEO makes and what an accountant makes within an organizations. But when they see the actual difference, it's most people can't wrap our heads around that. Right. Like you can't like, wait a minute. So they're, they're making 1500 times yeah. more. Like, is that, I don't understand. Yes. Like, and there's where the transparency piece starts to fall down because I don't know if it actually lends itself to a better culture because what you tend is like you, then you get this infighting constant, like measuring yourself against the next person from that standpoint. So I don't, there's a, there's kinds of transparencies that might, that might help. I don't know if full transparency helps in terms of, of compensation. This goes but. into a much grander conversation around, around wealth, wealth yeah. and parity. Okay. That's we're, we're, sure. we're already fucked up when it comes to that. We need to change that. But overall, I thought some of the other pieces uh, in this survey that it cited that 49% cited that skills gap is an issue, while 74% of the recruiters also said reskilling is effective against skill shortages. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you're saying that these people don't have the skills, <laughs> then you give them the skills and it's effective. No shit. Although 47, nearly half nearly half say that, well, you know, their reskilling efforts will actually increase in 2020. I should say less than half. 53% are saying, yeah, we don't really need to reskill. It's yeah. kind of a waste. Um, you know, if you have to think of though, the data set of a bullhorn is going to be mostly staffing firms. Staffing firms really don't have an impact on reskilling. Most of what they have an impact on is, I'm going to show you a candidate that has the skills you want because that's what you asked for. So could be could be something with the data. That's total bullshit. You could manufacture talent. Uh, staffing firms don't really manufacture talent, you know. You got to spend money to make. I'm not saying we hey, should. Think of it from this <laughs> standpoint. And you're thinking the old model. Old model is we go find people, right? Fuck that. Manufacture them. You give them the skills and you sell them at a larger margin. You know that's exactly what should be happening. If those big brands can't build talent pipelines themselves because they can't get out of their goddamn way, 
they're going to come to you. It's cheaper It's cheaper and easier to steal talent uh, from the recruiting standpoint. There's always going to be a need. Do you have to scale down production sometimes? Yeah, right? So anyway, on, on, the, on the other side of this break, <laughs> we're going to talk about a glass door redesign. New glass door, who dis? Right after Job at X. Nope. Nah, not for me. All these jobs look the same. Ugh, next. This is what perfectly qualified candidates are thinking as they scroll past your jobs, just half-heartedly skimming job descriptions that aren't standing out to them. Face it, we live in a world that is all about content, content, content. So why do we expect job seekers to react differently while reading paragraphs and bullets in templated job descriptions? Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with Job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract engage employ with job at x so new glass door revamp so new glass door who dis uh they've redesigned a quote from hcm technology report uh glassdoor introduced a range of enhancements for both employers and candidates among them is a candidate messaging feature that allows companies to connect with job seekers through its applicant management system. What do you think? I love that feature because I think it's something that ZipRecruiter kind of created. I mean, in a way, LinkedIn did a little bit, but not as much. Like I love, and LinkedIn does this where you can see somebody, if you're looking at somebody, you can, like they have the green dot or whatever, if they're there. Yeah. ZipRecruiter does the same thing. If somebody's actually on the platform while you're on the platform, it allows you to connect with them right away. So it's, it's a feature that works really well. And I think both sides, both the recruiters and the candidates love it. So it makes complete sense. Like, I mean, it, you know, he, he, the one way to think of this though, too, is like, there's a piece of me that <laughs> that goes, if I if there's a, like an unemployed candidate you know, sitting on the platform all day and i'm a recruiter and i'm talking oh. to him I'm like shouldn't you be at work I'm like i don't know I'm like <laughs> what are you doing here so they, yeah. they also they also revamped their employer center which serves as their hub for talent acquisition teams yada yada, yada. simplify navigation for job postings responding to reviews and tracking brand reputation i mean what this says to me is they're giving employers more tools to spend more time and money on glass door is that is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I, I think it's difficult too because how many like okay yeah so LinkedIn has like LinkedIn Recruiter and and uh, now Glassdoor has their employers and Indeed has theirs and Zip has their like everyone has these things like how often are we really using that full capacity of that system of what they're developing right when we have these big giant recruitment platforms you know ATSs that we're using already it's like just stop it stop building this crap so much like we're not I'm not spending all day on the Glassdoor Employee Center yeah. I don't understand that though. I mean, this seems more SMB than it does enterprise. Probably. Yeah. So the big question is, can we stop talking about 
glass door being absorbed into the indeed brand can can we stop that yeah. does this prove it makes no sense i don't think it makes any sense either i don't i don't think a single brand indeed glass door brand makes any sense at this point because at, i only see them losing money if they do that what do you think i agree i think uh for one is it's 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 really almost two different buyers in a way, at least, you know, Indeed is an aggregator and everyone kind of knows what you get out of that. Right. You know, Glassdoor has some unique content that you, you it's hard to find other places around the internet. And, you know, in a, in a lot of, they, you, you, we know the traffic is high because job seekers are going there to check out what the heck's going on in companies. So it's like, why would you want to give that away? You know, and I think both of them, you know, you can use to leverage each other from a revenue standpoint. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and also it's, it's almost like a defensive position, right? So if you're number one indeed, and then you suck in, let's say number two, three, whatever glass door, then you, you become a perspectively bigger number one, but not by two times. That's for damn sure. But that's like a defensive position to an extent because Indeed has more reviews than Glassdoor does now, right? I don't know. Do they? They're getting reviews at a much faster rate and clip than what Glassdoor is. I, I see running two, like one and two makes a hell of a lot more sense. I mean, I, I just think they make sense, you know, separately. And I think, you know, individuals who are going to use them, but most companies are going to use both regardless, but, and I'm sure they'll find a way to package it. I'm, I'm waiting like for that third company that they could just easily create. Like why have it, why isn't Glassdoor, why don't they have a complete consulting arm to come in and say, Hey, you know what? You're kind of fucked up as an employer. We, we're going to fix you. Right. <laughs> Do, do, do employers really need another consultant? <laughs> well, no, but every organization needs more consultants. Like we we love giving money to consultants. <laughs> like we can't wait, like you know, to give money to consultants. Well, that being said, now which North America city saw the biggest growth in technology jobs in the last five years? Detroit. No, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a, I'm gonna say one. It's something in Canada. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, no, it's uh the Canadian. Tech industry is booming. Uh, yeah. One huge reason is the U.S. immigration policy. The Trump mm -hmm. administration has made it harder for highly skilled workers to get visas. So what they've uncovered, and I'm sure there's multi-pronged, but the Trump immigration policy is driving high-tech labor to Canada. Quote, under the Trump administration, highly skilled workers are getting rejected in a higher rate. In 2015, 92% of H-1B visa applications were approved. But in the last two years, the approval rate is dipped to only 75%. We can't get the people here. We've got gotten them from overseas before. How do we get them? Well, let me speak for Canada because <laughs> I live close to Canada. So I feel like I'm part Canadian. Um, I was actually I was actually there last week speaking at the HRPA, which is Canada's largest uh, HR conference. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, Toronto as a city, and then the HR community that I was with might be the most diverse city I've been in in the world. Like there is Asians and Indians and you know um, Africans and like it's insane the, the diversity that they have in Toronto. In part, like you said, because. Hey, if you're, you know, Indian and you can't get in the US, what's 
the next best place, yeah. like the UK or probably Canada, you know, and Canada and especially the Toronto market has been really open in Ontario to bring people in. Ottawa has tagged itself the Silicon Valley of the North. I actually <laughs> spent some time in Ottawa last week as well. And I will tell you, like literally five, six story building after another was every major tech brand that you can imagine. And again, a city filled with a lot of kind of Indian and Asian transports who can come in, get a visa and make decent money. They're not going to make the same kind of money you would make in Silicon Valley, Austin, Boston, Chicago, Houston, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's still probably better than what they could make in their home country. You know, but that's so there's there's part of that, right? So it's it's for all these kind of US companies and even international kind of companies that are looking for a really great, you know, kind of lower cost um, workforce. Man, Toronto and, and Ontario is a great place to open a job. But they have the skills. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. One of the one of the individuals that was uh interviewed, uh, she was born in Turkey, studied in Europe worked as a postdoctoral research researcher in computational biology at the University of Maryland in Baltimore. She says getting a visa in the U.S. is not easy and it's really costly, not just for the companies, but also for the person itself. So we have an individual who is actually in this country, highly, highly skilled doing postdoctoral shit, right? And guess what? She's like, fuck this. I'm going to Canada. There's too much red tape, too many hoops, and it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know what? Something that will really screw you up is if you're in Canada and you're at a bar, and I was I was sitting in a bar in Canada in Toronto, and I had this Indian come up to me as a waitress, and, and you could tell like she was Indian, and you're waiting, and my American me is waiting to hear the Indian accent. And I also had a, a bartender female that was African, and I'm waiting to hear this accent. And they all, yeah. they all, they all have the Canadian accent, <laughs> and you're just your oh, yeah. mind can't yeah. comprehend what? this a, you know, and all this stuff, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. I can love it. <laughs> so, so here's a quote from a CEO of one of the technical hubs in Toronto. Every time Trump tweets, we get another sort of injection, which is all good from 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 their perspective, right? <laughs> Companies are locating here because they can get access to foreign talent faster. And that means we're not just missing the talent, we're missing taxes from those companies. Yeah. Overall, again, it's a much larger problem than that just that one person that we missed because she did postdoctoral stuff in in Maryland. It's bigger than that, right? If people yeah, will come sure. here, more entrepreneurs to start up business, that's a tax base. With Why come to the US when there's all this red tape and bullshit to worry, worry about? I think the other side of this is let's, you know, Canada is, ver is very small. Let's calm down. I mean, their entire population of the entire country yes. is less than California. So the, the overall impact, I mean, that's why it's still small. But you can see how the growth could be enormous. And I think, you know, the Canadian government and obviously Canadian people are hoping that it happens. But it's it's still not necessarily the best place in the world to want to go unless you, you know, love, you know, snow and cold weather for the rest, you know, for nine months. Well, for out all of, year, of those so. who do and they have high tech skills that's that that might be that might be where they're looking to go uh so excellent so we're going to we're going to go ahead and take another quick break and then we're going to talk uh about delta and uh iron man we'll be right back yes google lever intello monster jibe what do these companies and hundreds of others have in common 
they all use sovereign technology. Some use our software to help people find the perfect job, while others use our technology to help companies find the perfect candidate. Sovereign has been the global leader in recruitment intelligence software since 1996, and we can help improve your hiring process too. We'd love to help you make a perfect match. Visit Sovereign.com, S-O-V-R-E-N.com, for a free demo. Free demo. Kelly Robinson loves hearing about free demos. You know Kelly, don't you? I prefer the paid demos. The free demos, I I think, suck. I mean, you get what you pay for. If it's free, it's going to be a shitty demo. If you pay for that demo, it'll be a thousand times better. So if you pay for an Iron Man suit today, what do you think that'll cost? Oh God, I couldn't, what is that? I mean, the real one or just like, I just want to dress up like Iron Man and, and go to Disney and be a, you know, some idiot. That's a good question. I would, gosh, I would, I would love to be in that real Iron Man suit with a computer guy in my head, making me super smart and super strong. Like, come on. Next uh, story goes uh, out to, to Delta and big props to Holland Dombeck. Uh, Delta is the first airline to explore first of its kind wearable robotic exoskeleton to bolster employee strength and safety. So they're lifting heavy shit and they obviously they, they get injured. It, it not to mention it's a very tiresome job. If you can get kind of like this exoskeleton, this Iron Man kind of skeleton, mm-hmm. how could you safeguard your employees and also possibly get work done faster? Oh, I, I love it. I just, I, I, I'm such a fan of technology anyways. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can put me in a robotic suit and make me better? Like, yes, now. Do I, does it wire into my, right into my spine, to my head? Like, how does this work? You know, um, it's funny because when you see the video, it looks a little like in the Iron Man movie, you have obviously the clear, great red suited Iron Man that looks like, you know, like the coolest oh, yeah. thing ever. And then like the, the villain always tries to recreate like their own Iron Man suit. And it starts out as this big clunky piece of shit. And then, quite frankly, that's kind of where this technology is right now in terms of real uh, realness. But I can also see like someone like, like throwing bags off a plane onto something and like taking the head <laughs> off of the coworker. <laughs> like, Oops. Sorry, Jimmy. You know, My should have watched out should add, the Iron Man. Add your, add the Iron Man suit yeah, on. Add your exoskeleton. <laughs> Some little kid in the window looking out there and seeing Iron Man unload their bags. The the marketing and Holland, you know, Don Beck, the kid, like she's I bet she can't wait to start painting Iron Man's on the side of those planes. Oh yeah. This is this is perfect for a Marvel kind of sponsorship or partnership with Delta. Oh right? yes. It's, this is yep. perfect. Now, next, I think the next thing that we should be talking about is exos or robot human exoskeleton fights. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Like, who's going to win? Conor McGregor robot or, you know, the Mike Tyson robot? Like, you know, yeah, that would be crazy. Can you imagine those as supervisor having like a little dashboard with all your little robot real people? And going, God damn, Tim, I'm speeding his ass up. And all of a sudden, you're, like, you're walking faster. Like, come on. You have like a double time button. Like <laughs> double time. And Tim's always at halftime as it is. So we got to put him in double time. Get home from work. You just feel exhausted. I don't even know why I feel so tired. Goddamn robot made me work twice as hard today. You're probably worn out after all of this uh, This today. So <laughs> that being said, once, once again, Holland, thanks. We appreciate it. We love Iron Man. Give us more shit like this. And we out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. 
But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.